0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you as always from Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to episode 12. It's round four of the Americans in Scotland roundtable, and emotionally, this is a big one. It's our conversation about the old course with my Scottish golf trip companions, Fred and Matt, one more time. It's our penultimate Scottish roundtable episode, as we've recorded in... The same chronological order as we traverse the old country, so there's one more to go after today. Uh, before our trip down memory lane, a reminder that the Blind Shots Podcast is a member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows, which you can find over at talkandgolf.com. That's Talking Golf with only one G. Uh, there you're going to find some great golf podcasts, including The Thing About Golf Podcast with Rod Morey. That's his collaboration with Golf Australia. He really gets some interesting guests on there for one on one discussions. Uh, Check it out, look through the catalog, as well as checking out the rest of the shows at TalkingGolf.com. As always, you can interact with this show on Twitter at BlindShotsPod. You can find my thoughts and ramblings online over at OneBeardedGolfer.com. You can interact with me directly on Twitter, most frequently found at OneBeardedGolfer. That's the number one bearded golfer. And as always, there'll be links to pertinent websites or anything of interest in the show notes and over on the website. So I hope you'll check that out. A reminder that this podcast is sponsored by me, no one else. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work both with homeowners buying and selling their homes and also work with investors and businesses on commercial properties here in Central Kentucky. You can find out all about it at davidhill.rhr.com reach out to me. Shoot me a note. I'll be happy to talk with you uh, about your real estate needs and concerns. Now back to the round table. This discussion, maybe more than most, waxes romantic about the genesis of our Scottish golf trip and some of the more memorable moments from our round at the home of golf, especially things that make us laugh, like denting cars from the road hole and the widest fairway in the world not quite being wide enough. However, we do spend probably an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out how to describe the old course experience. It's arguably the most famous golf course in the world, the one bucket list course that is almost universally available to any golfer. Playing golf at the old course though is much more the conclusion of a pilgrimage than simply checking off a golf destination. Where we leave that part of the discussion is that we are now full-fledged members of the Brotherhood of the Bogey. We know what, it's, what it means to play the old course, to walk those hallowed grounds, to try to figure out those greens and angles and the wind. We know what it's like to have caddies share their good jokes with you and stare down that giant first fairway while trying to remember to breathe and stop your hands from shaking. I'd bet that if you talk to 10 different people who have played the old course, you'll likely get 5 to 10 different holes. Ask 10 different golf architecture aficionados to describe their favorite holes at the old course, and you'll end up with a never-ending discussion of the brilliance of the course, its subtlety, its strategy, its simplicity, and yet the old course experience which was much more than just a collection of 18 holes. That's why it's hard for us to put our time there really into words. But just because it's hard doesn't mean we don't try. These roundtable discussions, as you know, are lovely fun for us. They help us keep the memories fresh from what was really a special time. I hope you enjoy listening along and can glean not only some entertainment, but maybe some useful information should you ever head to Scotland and St. Andrews on your own golf adventure. So, without any further delay, here are Matt and Fred and I with round four of the Americans in Scotland roundtable, talking about the old course. Well, speaking of, you know, being like astronauts on the moon, let's talk a little bit about the old course. And I'll, I'll open this question up a familiar way. If I had called you guys and said, hey, I've won an Old or I've won a tea time at Muirfield. Would our trip have happened? You know, I consider the old course something special. You know, that is something above and beyond. It's on everyone that I've ever talked to's bucket list. Casual golfer, hardcore golfer, they all want to go and see it. You guys were not guests, but kind of the passengers of this trip that I concocted. If, I'd, if that had the old course wasn't involved, would this trip have happened for us? Fred, start us off. Um, yeah, I think
1: so. Um, I think the chance to to travel like that with uh, some friends and um, just make a golf trip is something that you know most of us have all wanted to do. I mean, we all do that. Dave, you kind of set that up for us as it is during the during the course of a a normal year by you know traveling. To Michigan and um, you know Pinehurst for these little golf trips, but this was a little different. You know, traveling, you know, to to Scotland is a is a different aspect, and I think that it would have been, it still would have been something that we will, uh, I'll say that we all would have probably wanted to do. I think that you're right. The old course made it, you know, a little more special probably, but I don't think it diminished the um, the idea. And you know, the excitement and the planning of, of taking that trip to Scotland to play golf. Matt? I
2: I agree with with what Fred's saying. I think what the old course does for for non-golfers, it such as, say, our wives, it, it sort of it, it helps them get to the idea that yeah this is something incredibly special and so i should you know basically cajole my husband into making sure that he doesn't cheap out and be dumb and miss such an opportunity knowing what i know now you know hey if you said got a spot at muirfield we're going let's go i mean that's a no-brainer before we went over there it would have taken more thinking I would have probably hemmed and hawed even more than I did. Um, And there wouldn't have been the, you know, my wife wouldn't have said, all right, you're an idiot. Shut up. You're going. Um, You know, I think the old course just sort of added that extra little oomph. I think it probably would have happened. But I think the old course made it a heck of a lot easier and quicker of a decision.
0: You know, the, the thing I come back, there are two things I come back to. One, you know, once I whenever I got into a conversation with people about that, I was going to Scotland, even before I told them where in Scotland, they all wanted to know, hey, you're going to play the old course. You know, it's the one everybody knows that that's the the story. That's the common bond with other people that have played it. The other thing I think about is winning, you know, having the the old course tea time probably moved that trip up five years for me you know i I would have thought it it may have been easier when my boys were a little older Um, it may have been you know we had a year to plan so we had a year to save but we still kind of did an inexpensive trip we were there right on the cusp of the off season you know right in in october uh, which kept our costs down for housing for travel for Greens fees. I mean, we got out of there probably 35, 40 cents on the dollar from the places we played, what we paid for them versus what you'd pay right now in June or July over there. So and having John Mark, our our mutual friend that had been over there to play Prestwick and to play North Barrack, which he raves about, you know, that had kind of started that had planted the seed a year or two ago that, hey, that's something I need to do. That's something I need to go see. But yeah, I don't think it would have happened. It wouldn't been my 40th birthday present to myself. Good God, hell's angels just went flying down the street. Um, I don't think that would have had the trip would have happened as soon as it did without that old course tea time that being the anchor. Um, you know, I- I'm trying to think back. There's almost a, a BCAD divide here of the trip, meaning I didn't realize how little I knew about the old course until I got over there. I mean, it's the most famous or second most famous golf course in the world. I can talk you visually around the back nine at Augusta National. I've seen so many masters there. It's such a beloved part of kind of the American golf fabric in large part, not for everybody. You know, the old course, I knew vaguely about the road hole bunker. And I know that beautiful shot of the RNA building behind 1T and 18th Green. And that's really all I knew about the old course. Did you guys have – did you do much research before we went over there? Did you sort of inherently know, have picked up over the years anything about the old course?
1: Um, Well, um, I I think we talked on this once before. But, um, you know, I think I had a uh, a, – an idea anyway um based on the uh the Tiger Woods game uh forget the year but i i believe i was in college when it came out
0: Probably and, 97
1: uh, or 98 yeah something like that and um i re again you know um watching it and playing it on your tv everything is very very flat right uh and that course is is flat, but there's um, there's not a lot of uh, um, flat flat places on the green, if that makes sense. It's very rolling. Um, so I think that I knew the holes, um, I knew the holes from watching it on TV, uh, playing that game, but it's totally different, you know, looking out there and, and trying to figure out which direction you're supposed to go because it's all the same color. Um, you know, it, it's a very, very tough course. It, I mean, I don't think you could go there and play your first round um, at the old course and not take a caddy. I mean, I, I think you would be lost. Um, but I did have I did have some knowledge of it, um, you know, just just based on those two things.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I'm. I, yeah, I love golf. I've been playing for a long time, but I, I'm never going to research it quite as much as either of you guys will. I'm a little bit more fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants sort, of, uh, sort of guy when it comes to this kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, what I knew was a lot of what I've seen, uh, you know, British Opens on TV. I know 1T. I know what that one looks like. I know the road hole, I know eighteen coming in, and so when I envisioned uh you know the old course, those are the those are the visuals that I get in my head, and I know the middle is you know sort of sneaky um, but I honestly, I couldn't have differentiated much of any of the middle other than just having this general sensation that there's one, there's a bunch of sneakiness, and then you get to the road hole and take a home for that
0: no and i agree with you on that matt one it's a brutal course to try to photograph because everything is the same color uh you know they're letting some rough grow up a little bit now but um you know i'm with you the there are some very famous holes and some designs there that i don't think i have a full appreciation for they're somewhere in the middle i was doing pretty good the first six or seven holes then back there around the halfway house you know, my game kind of fell apart. So my, I think my concentration fell apart. You having your one big bunker moment, I think that kind of snapped me back back there on 11, <laughs> where you got in and had to had to play a ricochet out of there, and because you you literally didn't have room to do anything else. And so that kind of inward stretch from 12 in, I remember maybe more vividly. Um, but I'm with you. There wasn't. You know, it's not Pebble Beach. It's the old course, and everything is subtle. Um, You know, there's elevation change, but it's flattish elevation change, uh, if that makes any sense. So I agree with you there. How much time did you guys lose? How much productivity did you steal from your employers on the St. Andrews Lynx webcams? Because I put in an inordinate amount of time watching people play the new course, watching groups tee off, uh, watching the Himalayan, the Himalaya putting green. That was oh, I love that.
2: I spent uh, I spent time whenever you'd send out something. And, you know, they, I love their system of, of weather warnings because yes. I mean they've got stuff over there that that we don't you know, we'd be shutting down. We'd be shutting down whole towns for some of the stuff that's just another day on the on the course for them but whenever you'd send out something saying hey uh uh, their house is about to blow away over there or you know it's it's raining raining sideways um then i'd I'd jump on and basically just revel in others misery i guess
0: yeah some kind of orange warning or the orange triangle or something yeah that was those were the good days and people would be out there playing (laughs) i know it i know it fred were you a webcam watcher
1: uh, no, I was not. I was kind of in the same boat as Matt. When you would send a, a little text message, um, I would jump on and, you know, see people's hats blowing off and, you know, people, you know, falling over sideways. And but I was a um, I was a I downloaded the app, the uh, St. Andrews app to my phone. And um, <clears throat> I would bring it up and I would check the weather like religiously just to see, like, you know, what was going on, you know, um I was concerned, I think, like most of us, um, on, on packing, on um, trying to make sure that I had uh, the appropriate um, playing uh, outfit, um, whether it be rain gear, um, you know, two or three sweaters, a couple layers, gloves. You guys made fun of me, of my giant, you know, Callaway oven mitts that I got, you know, I wouldn't, I wanted to be warm. <laughs> So, Canada, um, do it again. I uh I was I watched the weather um a lot. Not the webcams though.
0: No, and that's fair, and I did both because that that was the thing I was most nervous about. I spent more time fretting over rain gear because i was convinced you know we're going to be there in late october i'm convinced that the wind is going to be blowing 30 40 miles an hour sideways with rain in it like little needles and the disparity between your co- sort of bottom shelf one step up from a hefty sack rain gear up to really high end rain gear is stark i mean you can you can find a galvin galvin green jacket for $600 and match it with a a $400 pair pair of pants and that doesn't even cover your waterproof shoes. So that's, that's where I spent so much time worrying before the trip, like, uh, just going back and forth. And eventually my cheapness won out because I I went and just got some REI Gore-Tex pants which REI is just a dark money hole from which there is no escape once you get into that world. That is a subculture. If that's not part of your world, listeners, stay out of it. Stay out. It, it will not let go of you. So I did that, and I, I won enough shop credit over the pro shop credit over the summer to, to invest in a, a, foot, uh, a Foot Joy Dry Joy jacket, which served me well. As it turned out… We had rain for exactly four holes. None of them were at the old course. That was my nightmare, is that we were going to get a frost delay or just get a, a miserable storm during our old course round and have it ruined. And it turns out we had maybe one of the best, calmest days of our entire trip there.
2: Perhaps in the history of Scottish Octobers.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the Tourism Bureau really really set that up. They must have known we were going to come back and tell the 12 people that listened to this show all about it. Um Speaking of calm <laughs> and of 12 people, you know, it's a crowded – if you look at the, the background, it's a crowded picture looking from the Russox Hotel out to that first tee. I think, in my personal opinion, you know, we were – I think we talked about this on a previous episode. We sat there in a bay window, had a nice breakfast. The buffet was great. Uh, Matt and I had, you know, some of some more of the world's greatest granola. And one group that teed off, we saw a guy – make his normal for, normal swing, and he hit the ball between his own legs. So he's laying two, 12 feet away from where he started at the old course. And I think that sort of snapped me into reality. Like, oh, this is about to be real. I, I'm, I have to find a game face. I've got to find some guts somewhere. What were you guys nervous about? Did that, did that shake you to your core? Or did you have some other latent fear brewing uh, on our way to the old course that day?
2: there were plenty of nerves. Um, so yeah, watching that guy, (laughs) watching that guy struggle that way. And he wasn't the only one. There were some others out there that did not, uh, did not get off the T spectacularly. Um, so that was definitely something that was, that was weighing on me a little bit. Um, I mean, when I, when I got up to the T, you know, I, I believe I, I saw where left was and I aimed left of that. Um, you know, I thought 18 looked real pretty. There shouldn't be anybody playing at that time of the day. So, you know, my first tee shot was somewhere over there. But, Um, you know, it was it was there were definitely there's no doubt about it. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, like you said, this was a big part of the trip. It may have been the most, you know, kind of it was it probably got the most thought before we left. And so then when you're standing on the and you got the RNA in the background and you got a lady whose job it is to just stand on the tee and try to calm you down. Um, you know, it's, there, there's, there were nerves for sure. You
1: know, um, I, I, I think as, as we all know, the three of us, um, I am not afraid of the big right mist. I mean, that is, that is a shot that I carry with me everywhere. Um, so the big right miss there is uh, over there on that Himalayan putting green, and, and um, that was my concern. I didn't want to let the first uh, the first tee shot get away from me. So you know, I was I was a little concerned about that, but um, I, I'll be honest, I uh, playing with a caddy that's some that somehow makes me feel like I should play better for some reason. So I was nervous because you know we had you know. <laughs> poor caddy's there too
0: um you didn't want to you know, let him down they're
1: gonna, I tell
2: was you. gonna say you didn't want to let him down oh
1: fred yeah i worried. mean you know he was out there carrying that bag around you know, I to <laughs> enjoy his time too. Um, so yeah i was i was concerned by that a little bit but um yeah you know seeing that guy you know you know shoot one between his between his legs kind of helped probably a little bit because i'm like hey you know what i'm i'm relatively certain that i'm probably not gonna do that um i can do a lot of dumb things but i probably will not do that and if if i do something really crazy i'm just gonna you know ask that lady there from the rna that's you know there to calm us down say man did you see that guy one between his legs an hour ago um so i had an (laughs) out
0: you had pre-planned your deflection that's why we love you Fred an ambassador is always yeah. prepared you know you mentioned there that, that we had four caddies with us we picked they paired up a, a single with us which as they should be in the old course and I still can't remember the story correctly so you guys will have to fill me in but did someone tell you that we could have refused to let him join that we could have insisted to go out as a three ball? Um,
1: no, uh, Matt and I went up there to the, uh, to the, uh, little starters booth and, um, you know, kind of checked in for our tea time and, you know, he's like, uh, I believe Matt, it, the conversation went something like, um, we're going to, you're going to have a fourth with you today. Um, you know, and it went from there and he said, y'all have handicaps. And by that time I was like fumbling with my phone, trying to get my handicap to show him I had a handicap <laughs> so he wouldn't ask me to leave. I was a mess. And um, but in that, I mean, Matt took the took the reins and was, you know, talking to the guy and said, yeah, yeah, we're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no problem. Yeah. Fourth guy's fine. I, no part of that conversation did I ever hear him say, would you mind having a fourth?
2: Let's let's just say that uh, saying that it was a discussion is is a little bit liberal. There was not a lot of discussing <laughs> going on. Uh, there was a lot of here's what's going to happen, and us saying, yep, absolutely, that's what's going to happen.
0: Well, then, seeing what kind of quality of player we had with it, did our did a caddy mention that to us? because that was or am I inventing this because I thought that was part of the somebody said oh that's that's nice that you let that guy join up with you maybe I've invented a story so,
2: yeah no th- absolutely there was a th- one of the caddies I don't remember which one mentioned something like that that oh you know it it's good of you guys to to let this guy join you and I, I remember looking at, I think I looked at Fred and said, let somebody do what now i i don't okay yeah no, no we're good no we're good dudes absolutely sure totally totally planned it that way you
0: know it was you know fortunate in a way that they they paired us with uh, an american um polo who was from the west coast was a, a different cat he had i don't know where he learned his golf or how he learned his golf Folks, he had one of those swings that I can't watch. That he he addressed the ball with the club face. One, he, was, he was a little fidgety, and he addressed the ball with the club face that was at least 15 degrees open. Because allegedly, and and this is with air quotes, he's been fighting a hook, so he was leaving the face open. He might have hooked one ball out of the 120 shots he took that day.
2: But, if he did, it was an accident.
0: Right. Because he, he was a good guy. He, he was a, a good conversationalist to have with us. You know, I, having recently been the single paired up with three people, that can be a little bit of a nervy situation. But, yeah, that's uh, ESPN's Michael Collins, the, the ESPN caddy guy. Uh, I've heard him tell the story that you, you've got to watch the, watch the ball, don't watch the swing um, with certain people. And, and Polo, bless his heart, was, was one of those people. But it was fine to have four people, Uh, probably kept us on pace, kept us from having to wait on anybody, which was nice. Um, You know, we're talking about the nerves. I hit the first fairway, kind of, somewhere. I wasn't as far left as Matt. I was in play, and I hit the first green, and I think my body just kind of relaxed at that point. It just said, okay, you've done enough, you've got your friends here, and your swing is just going to leave you for the next three hours, so enjoy the walk. And that was fine. You know, that was my old course, and that was fun. I was in some interesting places that you guys didn't get to see. (laughs) You have no idea what the 17th green looks like from the Himalayan putting course. I know. I was standing two feet from it. That's how far left I was on 17.
2: You definitely got to see more of the course than we did. I'll give you that. (laughs) That is
0: true. You know, I still came in under 90, which was fine. Um, But, yeah, that was – all the nerves were about – about crazy things being late missing a tea time you know forgetting to get cash or you know just terrible things that would have prevented the day i think once i got on the course i could just relax and enjoy the walk with you guys um okay we'll do a couple on the front and a couple on the back what are the outside of the first and the 18th um what are some holes or what are some things about the course that you remember if you had two minutes to to uh, summarize your memories with a friend or in an elevator, the, the elevator pitch. What did you take away from the old course now our round there?
2: Uh, I mean, the, the num- number one thing, and, and I want to get this out front because I, th- I re- this requires a disclaimer so that I don't end up on some Scottish watch list somewhere. I love the old course. It's fabulous. It's one of the best courses in the world. I'd play it again every day that I get the opportunity. With that said, it is not a particularly visually intimidating course. You really, you know, we played. You know, Carnoustie has the ability to to look real nasty at times. Uh, get yourself in some just horrible places. Um, the castle course is, is is far more spectacular than the old course. Ely is is gorgeous, you know, with its sea views, and and the old course just doesn't lay out anything like that. Uh, um, there are plenty of holes that are not that are not long Um, and you know especially the time that we were playing stuff was pretty hard all all things considered so you could bounce the ball a ways i mean it, it just the old course is so much about shot placement and you know and again this this plays exactly to what fred is saying you have to if you've never played it or probably if you've only played it a handful of times. You need the guy that can tell you, hey, so, uh, yeah, we're on the fourth hole. The best spot to pit this is over on five somewhere, right? Play it over there. Don't keep it on this hole because that's a better angle coming in anyway.
0: No, it, there was a lot of that, and, and that's the, the caddies were invaluable in that respect. Uh, there were several times. I think it's probably six or seven back there, whatever has the giant bunker – fronting the green. I'll have to go back and, and look. You know, there was a... It was kind of a, a dog leg around some gorse hole, and, and you know, the... There's one where we had to stop and let the cross traffic go through people playing 11. And yep, the, that was know, Yeah, and the caddy was very deliberate. Like, okay, you can... Here's the furthest you can aim in this direction. There's no reason to go anywhere else. You know, you're you're really taking on shots. Now, my shots a lot of the time started there and then flew off um, either exactly where he wanted it or the complete opposite of where he wanted it, whether he wanted me to go right or left. Um, so, yeah. With you, Fred, kind of not wanting to let my caddy down, it's an interesting experience when you have no control over where your ball is going with a caddy. You know, he's telling you where to where to hit it, and I was like, that is great advice, pal. I hope someone can do that because <laughs> I'm just going to swing, hope I hit the ball, and we're going to go find it. Um, yeah, but, you know, yes, that, what you're talking about, Matt, is right. It's not a big – it doesn't jump up and bite you visually. It's all Subtle. It's all, you know, kind of close to the vest. It's a knife fight. It's not a gunfight.
1: Um, you know, I don't. Uh, I I'll, I'll be honest. My, you know, I I did not start off the round very well. You know, I, I hit the first fairway. Uh, my second shot uh, bounced, and I thought it had bounced over. Um, over the uh over the water, but uh then it it bounced short of it and and hopped right in. So I was like, Oh First shot, you know, first fairway, I'm already I'm already in the water. So um so my I was uh, spinning out of control there for probably like the first four or five holes. So those I don't have a real firm memory of. Um, I will go back and say that um you know what I took away from the front nine was how how small the the course how uh, how how crammed in that course was with everything else um, you know there were there were stuff there were holes on the right side and you know you come to another hole and there was another course on the left side that um, the old course is not you know what you would say on a sprawling piece of land it is kind of horseshoe in there it's um So that was um, that was something that I took away, obviously, from the front. And, you know, uh, my caddy had told me uh, when we were walking off of the second tee, he's like, um, you know, he said something like, you know, hey, you know, enjoy your round. You know, welcome to St. Andrews, uh, the world's most dangerous golf course Um, that that and that's and I took that as, you know, meaning, hey, um, you know, it's dangerous because there's a lot of people out here, and there's a lot of balls flying around, and there's not a lot of room, you know, that they can miss without, you know, someone being in jeopardy.
0: Right, and there's no trees. You know, you could you could put a parkland layout in that same footprint and have a very different feel. It might feel a little bigger because you could have a hallway of hardwoods and pines kind of protecting you. There's – you know, they do kind of need helmets if they're not careful with <laughs> a good cross breeze at the old course. Yeah, Um, you know and I want to go a little further I mentioned a minute ago I had my welcome to Scotland moment kind of early in the trip I got into the spectral bunkers at Carnoustie and took a couple of whacks and eventually had to go out backwards and sideways Um, kind of toying around Matt your true what I associate with your big Scottish golf moment was what I talked about you got stuck in that pit bunker on 11 and when you saw that because you hit a good shot from the tee it looked like what went through your mind when you when you got up there
2: well and what's funny is i so i hit the shot and and what what do they describe it as like the world's shortest par five or something i mean it's all uphill you're you're staring at the only piece of water that you really see from the whole course and however much club you have it's not enough um and I hit a shot and just didn't didn't quite get it. Cut across it a little bit, and you know I I play a draw, and as soon as it started to fade, I said, "Oh, we're we're in trouble." And it lives in the bunker, and he goes, eh, "You might be all right." And so as we're walking up there, I hear this this sort of guttural groan uh, come out of him. So he saw it, my caddy saw it before I did, um, and he he made this noise that uh, that sort of, you know, will strike fear into the heart of you. And, uh, yeah, I, I walk up there, and it's, I mean, this thing is maybe a foot and a half, maybe, from the front of this bunker that is twice as tall as I am. And... I mean, it's. I, I'm staring at this thing, and he. It, it didn't take him very long. He's like, well, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to stand like this. You're going to open this, and you're going to hit it as hard as you can right square into the face of this bunker, and you're going to shoot it out the back. I said, that sounds like a fabulous plan. I'm 90% sure I can't
0: do that, but sure, what the hell. Let's give it a Especially try. not with uh, your 48-degree sand wedge that you carry that was one that that was a highlight for me as a as a watcher my my simple two putt par let me enjoy watching you go forward then backward then forward again uh, and all avoid avoiding that I, I don't know what that was on the back of 11 but that looked bad um you know the only other time i've seen that big kind of death don't short don't shortside yourself behind the hole like that is probably down at tobacco road on i want to say on number 12 there's that giant pit over to the right of the green you guys will see that when we go down there next month um i think
2: it's 11 yeah
0: yeah somewhere it 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 instantly reminded me it's like oh that's where you that's where you can't go um
2: i believe we referred to that as the pit of despair yes that was it was no fun
0: yes a, a very dilly dilly moment um Fred, what? I'll just throw it open to you. On the back, coming back in, was there anything that caught your imagination or your memory particularly before we get into sort of the, the road hole and the uh, 18 at the old course?
1: Um, I think it was uh, – so we were just talking about 11. Um, so number 12 is the one – I do not remember the name of the bunkers that are on 12, but they're the ones that are right in the middle of the fairway. Um, that was the only bunker that I was in all day. Um, on the old course, I believe if I can remember correctly. Um, so my caddy, you know, tells me and my, my game had kind of turned around at that point. I had, I had strung together some pars and, you know, I was playing pretty well and, um, So my caddy's like, "Uh, how far do you hit this driver? So I tell him, and I'm not going to say the number on here, so I broadcast (laughs) it to the world. And he looks at me. He's like, "Uh, well, you know, it's a small bunker. Go ahead and hit it. (laughs) And I was like, I'm standing over that thing, and I'm like, boy, that just didn't seem to be very uh, confidence-inspiring. And I hit it, and I hit it down the middle, and um, I'm thinking, okay, I'm down the middle. And the caddies are all chattering, right? And one of them's like, "Oh, I saw some sand." And one of them's like, "Hey, you might have popped out." And I'm like, "Sand? I'm in the middle of the fairway." Wow, well, no, I was in the middle of that bunker. About now, it's not a deep bunker. It's just a, just a, just a hole in the middle of the fairway with some sand in it. And um, and I I didn't have I didn't have to go backwards, um, but I couldn't hit anything more than you know a nine iron. I think I tried. I I don't even think I hit a nine. I think I did a pitching wedge. I was just like, I'm going to get it out. So I felt like, you know, I was like, man, you know, that kind of sucks. So I wish that bunker wasn't there. But um, other than that, um, I wouldn't have anything that I would call out, you know, that I felt um, um, shorted by. Um, I did find interesting. I think the next hole 13 is the long par five. Yeah. And my caddy told me not to aim for the fairway, told me to aim for, I believe it was eight fairway.
0: Yeah, somewhere over um, on the left.
1: Yeah, he's like, Yeah, you're not going to be able to get over, you know, all of that stuff. He's like, You're going to want to go over there to that fairway. And I'm like, What? Um, so that was an experience I've never really had before where, you know, I'm actually playing down another fairway on purpose. Now, I've done it before, obviously, but not as a uh, not not being directed to do so
0: you know my my highlights what I remember coming in I, I remember just I liked the way the sun set the wind was kind of with us I remember being on the wrong flag the double green on 12 that was fun <laughs> so I hit into oncoming traffic that's always fun um, I was able to hit a big drive on 13 that was nice 14 they didn't tell me to go way left I just went over there all by myself um that was the beginning of that period of my my course i did think the one on the back i don't know that the old course does a proper crescendo necessarily but i thought the greens and the green complexes were definitely more interesting coming in with the exception maybe of seven which is just kind of a spectacular that that big bunker is so intimidating looking um you know i the the having weird ankle angles the having the town above the golf course off in the distance for a caddy mm. to point yay, hey hey hit at that white steeple hey okay. yeah. aim, aim for the red roof that was kind of nice because as i mentioned that's a very visually it's a very flat golf course there's not a lot of distinguishing scenery but at the same time the holes are isolated you know, it's not so much that there's a gentle slope, and okay, from 12T, I can see the whole course laid, up, laid there before me or the, the path in. You know, for being a, a Lynxland course, every hole is kind of hidden, and maybe not laterally, but, you know, in line on the way out and the way back. You couldn't get a kind of a sneak preview, really, of what was happening, which I thought that was interesting the way the land moves around there. I do want to spend a few minutes talking about our last two holes. And here's what I remember from the 17. Matt, I think you hit a good shot. Fred, 17 kind of fits your shot shape, your natural shape. You ought to be able to get around that corner. And, and whatever you did, God bless you, because here's what I remember. I, I guess I was was on hind leg on 16, which I loved that green. I thought that was fabulous. But I think I had to tee off last either way i teed off after polo our dear friend our fourth player that day and for those of you that don't know the road hole is the one where you have to hit it over the corner of the old course hotel okay i mean technically you can go around it you can aim left and then come back but the way to play the hole it's the it's one of the hardest par fours in the world because it's really a par five or that's the way it was designed uh, but you yeah, you have to pick a kind of a spot on the building which is it's not off in the distance. It's seventy yards in front of you, to the right. You know, people people hang out there, you can have a conversation with them at you know, hanging out at the bars, the old course hotel. And so our friend Polo with the fifteen degree open club face. Lines up, and he's not babying He's not aiming left. He's not going to play the slice that he has played all day. Oh no, he's still he's still guarding against that hook. Fort Knox isn't as guarded as he is against hitting that hook. And what does he do? He takes a man-sized swing and slices one as hard and as far as I've ever seen. He doesn't cut the corner. He doesn't hit the hotel. He hits his drive. Over the Old Course Hotel, he hit someone's car parked on the other side of the building.
1: Yeah, he went he went over the right side of the of the hotel. Yeah, he almost I mean, shorted it. Not,
2: <laughs> and not the one-story part of the hotel. Oh the no, part you hit over is supposed to be the one-story part. Oh no, no, not for. Not for our friend. No, no. He uh, he took a – he saw that as a challenge I think.
0: One of the caddies what, – what did your caddy say, Fred? Because it had me – if I didn't have to hit next, I would have started crying. Like we had been good. and Like, oh, that's tough, man. We'll be able to find that kind of all day. And then he, un- he uncorks that unholy slice on 17. <laughs> I can't –
1: I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was—he looked at me. He's like, "Fuck me!" In <laughs> that Scottish, he's like, "Fuck me!" That's in the
0: parking lot, but that's in the car parking car park. park. Car park. Car park. Like, Fuck yeah. me! That's in the car park. <laughs> and I've got to hit after him, so that's – and I was
2: just like, "What?" <laughs> uh, my my caddy just he, he looked. We didn't say a word. I had to turn to the <laughs> left, so like you know. Polo's set up in between the tee boxes. I'm behind him on the left side. And he uncorks this thing. And I only saw it start to go over to the hotel because at that point I had to turn away because I could not look at him because I was afraid I was going to lose it. And I didn't want to be the guy on the course that's just laughing at the single in his group. Uh, I did not want to. So I turned to my left and my caddy's standing there. And he just looks at me and his eyes are as big as dinner plates. Um, he just kind of. <laughs> He gives me a little, like, half a head shake and turns and looks on and, you know, getting back to business. But, yeah, it was uh, it was something special. So been...
1: – oh, I'm sorry, Dave. No, go ahead. So man. what do you think – what do you think Polo's caddy said to him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what could you possibly – I mean, th- this is fun right here. I mean, what do you think he said? He's like – Huh? Hit that solid. I mean, what
0: got all of it.
1: Wow, that <laughs> one. I mean, way not to hold back.
0: Like where? Where? Where would you take your drop there?
1: <laughs> um, about a foot and <laughs> a half yeah. in front of you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which all would be fine and fun and well, except now I've got to hit. That's the last thing I see before I've got to tee my ball up. So my answer to not because I've been fighting a slice all day. My answer to the polo shot is to aim left and then smother hook it left, so far left across the second green and the second fairway, over somewhere near just short of of two tee box. Over, I'm about a foot and a half from being either on the new course, the Himalayas putting course, or both. Like I'm in some neither world. I was so far left, like my caddy didn't really say anything. He's like, That's okay, we can find it. I think and we get over there and i can see he has no idea how far away i mean those guys are professional caddies they know that course like the back of their hand every you know gorse bush to every flag and i can just see so i just i just break the ice like you want me to go ahead and shoot this one if you don't mind dave that'd be great <laughs> so i pull i pull out my laser and he's like yeah just go for it i i got nothing <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't have a polite
2: Scottish way of saying no one's ever hit it over here
0: before, <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> probably, like, got his book.
1: He's like... <laughs> yeah, he's,
0: <laughs> he's figuring hypotenuses and things. Like, that. there's... Where are we? <laughs> like, I, it's
1: a uh, 180
2: oh, back dude. to that thing that's over
0: there. <laughs> right, you you got a 5-iron back to the fairway. That, that's I think that came up, actually. So... So that was – thank you, Polo, for, for being able to, to set the visual image and really come home. But other than that, I really enjoyed the, this, the road hole because I, I I didn't lay up on purpose. I just was hitting out of knee-high grass because I wasn't on the golf course. And so eventually I had a wedge in, and I had at about 120 yards, and I had the road hole bunker directly between me and the flag. So I at least had enough sense. My caddy and I talked about it. We aimed directly for 18-T, and I hit it right there. He's like, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea, because otherwise I was going to be down there where you guys were in front of the green, and you know, six or seven or eight comes into play. So I got to at least execute a shot before I left, but you guys seem to actually play the hole almost as it was intended, which that's got to feel good, being m- maybe the most famous hole on the golf course.
2: Uh, I will tell you without a doubt that – I don't think I was more excited at any point of of the whole trip than I ran in about a 15 footer because I I hit a good drive over the corner left side of the fairway had a long like you said it's a long hole I still had a long iron in even with a good drive didn't quite get it all I'm a little short now I'm chipping over the bunker that you're that you're talking about Um, but I get it up there to about 15 feet. And, you know, there are people that are standing alongside the beautiful part of this course is, I mean, it's just part of town. And so anytime you're at at those those television holes, you know, there's people just standing around watching the golf. And and so I'm standing there and and there's some people, you know, standing behind me. And I don't that's not something that I'm usually uh, aware of because it's not something that ever happens um but uh, you know I've, I've got an audience and i run in a 15 footer like i know how to putt which is not at all the case um and i think i think i gave a tiger wood style fist pump the likes of which i probably have not given five times in my life
0: men don't usually beam but you were beaming
1: <laughs> i was so excited i can't glowing
0: <laughs> like a racehorse <laughs>
2: Well, and again, like I said, coming in, you know, there really, there were three holes I knew and I went out and I powered one somehow um, and then coming in 17, I made a putt that I don't usually make. So I'm, I'm, yeah, cloud nine for sure at that point.
0: Yeah, that's a good place to do it. Fred, did the rolled hole live up to what you remembered from Tiger Woods?
1: (laughs) No, because I I hit it much further on that game. Um, so, uh, that hole does, you know, initially set up well, you know, for, for my ball flight. Um, my ball really didn't, uh, didn't, um, uh, cut much. It was pretty straight on that hole. And I ended up on the left side of the fairway, but I think I was probably like a foot off of the, off of the fairway, if I remember correctly. And, you know, that rough is, uh it wasn't something you wanted to be hitting, you know, a five or a four iron out of very much. So, um, I think, uh, I think I ended up, um, short and right. And then I pitched up and I kind of bailed out from the bunker and, um, tried to make a long putt, didn't make it. And I ended up with a five, but I mean, um, it was, it was really cool standing on that green, um, being the pin was tucked on the other, you know, from the fairway, it was tucked, you know, on the left side over top of the bunker and I'm on the right side and I'm standing there and I'm like, man, this green is not very wide between that bunker and then the road right there. I was like, holy crap, this thing is not, um, not nearly as big as what you think it should be. So that was a cool experience just to, just to finally, you know, see with my own eyes how, how slender of a target that really is for those guys that you see playing on TV that are hitting, you know, four and five irons and six irons from back there and, and hitting them tight on that green.
0: Agreed. No
1: room for error.
0: Agreed. The scale there is much smaller. After seeing some big ballparks like the Castle Course the day before, the scale and the road hole probably brings that home as well mm-hmm. as any other. Um, With the exception, of course, of the finishing hole because, again, one fairway, 18 fairway being together, that's one of the widest fairways in the world. And, yeah, the Swoken Bridge photo moment is nice. You know, you're, you're, you're rounding home. You've got a sense of accomplishment. You've gotten to play the old course, and you're coming in. That fairway wasn't enough for me. As it turns out, you know, there's – just like North Berwick, there's a, a very small road with a lot of very expensive cars parked right next to the course. And and my, my slice jumped up and grabbed me. I recovered from my smother hook because um, that might not have cleared the burn. But – so I hit one out there, and we would had a lovely breakfast at the Russox Hotel that morning. I think I hit the Russox Hotel on my way back in because i've still got the ball um there's the only i think provisional that i hit that day because i hit it up and it started going right and it kept going right and it got angry and i i heard it hit something solid i was pretty sure it wasn't a car but i couldn't have sworn to it um as it turns out so when i i hit my other ball and i i i leaked the other ball inbounds by at least five feet you know big margin of error And I get up there, and I see the the first one, and it's got a skid mark on it, you know, the size of a quarter. So I'd either hit the road or the wall or both, and it it bounced back into play. So I'm laying one, you know, about 120 yards from the green, And, and that's the last thing I remember from the 18th hole. So, you know, and, and how pretty it was. It was relaxing, and it's like, hey, my ball's still in play. I've got it. Uh, I'll eventually get it framed or in a case because I've got it sitting on the on a bookcase at home. That's that's my old course ball. That that black mark is that little road and the bricks outside the hotel, and that was it. That was fun. That was Scotland for me. So, what do you guys remember on that that closing stretch? What were you feeling? Um, were you still Matt? Were you still trying to put a post a number or were you just kind of getting emotional
2: it was a little bit of both because so like i said i coming in i knew three holes i've parred one i've parred 17 i get out on 18 i hit a good drive like you i've got about a, a buck 10 maybe in from the fairway and i'm sitting here i'm, I'm staring at the sucker going i mean and 18 green is gigantic um, yes. I I had no idea exactly how large that green was, but the pin on this one, you know, as, as tucked as it was on 17, it's sitting right in the middle on 18. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm sitting here thinking one good shot and a simple two putt, and I've parred out. Right uh, on all the holes that I've seen from TV, I went out and played them even par, and I hit it, and I end up in the damn valley of sin. I needed about. Two more yards on this shot, it would have been beautiful. And instead, I'm, I'm down in the valley. <clears throat> well, I throw it up, and I make a good chip, and I'm about three feet past the hole. And so you guys are, are all playing around. I walk up, and I mark, and I had gotten to my ball first. I had chipped up. So you guys had all your chips, and then several were still putting. So, I spent a lot of time standing there looking at this three foot putt. And in that time, I realized just how damn many people there were sitting there staring at me on the 18th green with a three foot putt. And it was the longest damn three feet in the history of golf. I mean, there's no doubt that I mean, I probably had legitimately what, three minutes? maybe four minutes and I'm pretty sure it felt like an hour and a half that I was standing there looking around, trying to take it all in and, and just that putt was growing in length and growing in length. And as again, I can, I can par out, I can play to even par and on these holes and you know, all I got to do is hit it from right here to right there. Cause it wasn't breaking much. Um, and it, that, that was my takeaway. And again, uh, I was as excited as I was on 17. I was equally relieved on 18 when I hit that because that would have been just, just catastrophic for my psyche if I wouldn't have been able to put that one in. But yeah, and that's, that was my 18 was just kind of staring, staring around, taking it all in and realizing just how many people there were around
0: there. That sort of tough as nails, pig iron for breakfast, steely nerves. That that's my, that's my pick for this year's golf trip. That's my ace. Yeah he's back <laughs> that's, right. he, that's my three hitter right there
2: shaking, shaking, shaking like a leaf at a three foot pod absolutely like...
0: Fred can you top that you got anything from 18 from any outstanding memories
1: uh, uh, no uh, I ended up uh, I ended up in the Valley of Sin as well I think I was um I think I was a little closer to the green than Matt was so Matt went first um, nice flex. I believe anyway yeah yeah, and, thanks for
2: making sure you got that in there. I appreciate that. I just talked about how great the hole was, and that's fine. Now, I'm pretty sure I remember that I hit it because, you know, I got to the ball first. I think that's what it was.
1: Oh, it might have been, but I was saying I, you that's chipped how the I ball. remember it, at least. Yeah, I, don't and I putted the ball. I, I I remember Matt said he just chipped it, and I would assume that Matt would, would putt the ball before he would chip in that situation in most cases. So I, I assume that I must've been a slight bit closer. Ah, that's, uh, you know, you say so (laughs) testy, isn't he? Dang.
0: Again, steely nerve focus that, that I've got on my team.
1: All I hear is pig iron, but, um, but, uh, so I putted up and, um, I, I had visions of, uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Constantine? Uh, yeah, the guy who putted it in from the Valley of Sin after yeah. he chili dipped it. So I wanted to run it in, right? And um, I, I gave it a whack, right? I was like, I'm going after this. And it wasn't nearly enough. I mean, I barely got, I think I rolled by like two feet. I mean, I thought I crushed it. But I went up there and I knocked it in and. You know, I, I remember all the people standing up there, you know, on the street and a couple of them clapped and I took my hat off and I tipped it to them and they thought that was funny and they laughed at me and clapped some more. So that was, that was my moment. I was, I was out on a high on that one.
0: You know, that's a, a good way to end it. Like I said, I three putted from uh, I unconscious at some point, just enjoying, enjoying being there, watching you guys play. Uh, if I recall, straight to the Dunvegan to make sure Fred had closed his tab from the prior day, and you know, get a get a snack dinner that night at Forgan's which oh. cannot, cannot state how cannot overstate how good of a dinner that was. That was, uh, you know, it was our swan song for St. Andrews. We were getting up and and getting out of town the next day, which is something I want to bring up. I, we've talked about it, I think, briefly off air, but. You know, that was – it wasn't our getaway round. We had a whole day the next day um, before – basically, we moved back to Edinburgh. So – and we played leaving on the on the way in, and we'll talk about that in a, another podcast. But as far as structuring the trip, we had played North Berwick right off the plane. We'd gone up to Carnoustie on our way to, to checking into St. Andrews, played Ely in, in the Castle Course. So St. Andrews was – near the rear there was only one day left looking back would you structure the trip the same way or would you you know my thought was one i wanted a day left one i want to be home for halloween uh, my kids are small enough that's probably important to them so that got us out of town on the right way two who wants who wants to be the course that follows the old course um, because there's going to be a, there's going to be a tendency for a natural letdown there. But just in my opinion, did you guys have any different thoughts or, or expound on that for me a little bit as far as the timing of the old course within the structure of a golf trip?
2: I could not possibly agree with you more. that the, the second to the last day, so you've got that buffer day just in case something goes wrong, Um, that is, in my opinion, the place to put the old course. Um, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's a really hard act to follow. Um, it also allows you to get a little bit acclimated depending on what other courses you're playing over there. Um, you know, and, and again, we played all sorts of different stuff leading up to it. Um, but I think... I think you are better served not having that be an early round, you know, especially if you're too close to the time you have got there. You, know, you want your body clock to be right. You want your your you know your ground game to be finally honed through some of the other courses. Uh, without a doubt, that's second to last day. My opinion is the place.
0: You know, when it, it's it's aided, Fred. I'll come to you. I'm gonna throw this to you in a second, but I've got a question specific to you. You know, the the old course was a fairly easy walk. It's it's pretty flattish, you know, other than elevated green or elevated tee box here or there. But we had come off the heels of the castle course, which Fred, you had mentioned how brutal of a walk that is. Those switchbacks up and down those hills. Did you have enough left in the tank to get around the old course, kind of that late in the trip, coming off something that was really kind of punishing in the castle course physically?
1: Um. Yeah, I think uh, obviously the caddy helped, you know, a lot. Um, but again, I don't think that that court, the the terrain there at the old course, is not overwhelming. You know, I, I that's probably a very easy walk for anyone to do. I don't think that that's that's much of a concern. Um, but yeah, coming off of that course, I mean, coming off of the castle course, if we, um. If we if we hadn't had uh, caddies and stuff, it it may have caught up to me at the end, um, but um, but I don't think it did, um, and I think I was you know I was uh, I was high on adrenaline there you know making that turn and coming back into town and seeing the town as you said as you're getting closer and closer to town and it's closer and closer to the um, uh, the, the holes that you that we all know. Very well. Like to Matt's point, Um, I don't um, I don't think I would change anything. I'm going to agree with Matt. I think that the way it was laid out was um, I mean, I I have I have no critiques to make. I think getting off the plane the way we did going to North Barrack, that was a great, you know, uh, introduction, right? I mean, great course, great location, great everything, um, and great introduction to what we had laid out in front of us. Uh, Every day um, was its own adventure, right? And it had its own unique adventure. We had a little bit of traveling, you know, we had, um, you know, we'd get up at different times, different modes of transportation. Um, I don't think there was any way that we could have structured this. In a better for for a better result.
0: Cool. Well, you know, everybody taking notes at home. Uh, I think we've got a consensus there. Uh, you know, if you've if you have the choice, if you're going over there and just trying the ballot, of course you just get on when you can get on. But if you've got a tea time and you're you're planning a trip, keep keep the old course. Don't save it for last, but save it for somewhere in the back. Um, you know, and just thinking about having it on the back end of the trip, I think it hit me when we got to 12 at the old course. And you turn around, you've been you've been going out away, and you kind of, you know, you're down there in that corner playing 8, 9, and 10, and 11, kind of across each other. And then you get to 12T, and all of a sudden you can see town in the distance. I think a little melancholy washed over me. I'm not going to lie. Maybe a little sadness like, hey, we're, we're a lot closer to the end of this round and of this trip. Than where we were just a day or two ago, um, and that was—it's not that I got sad. It's just that I—that realization that you know we have done something pretty special, capping it off with the most special thing, being able to play the old course with some friends and just enjoy the day. Um, yeah, as far as structure of the trip, that is something that is—we is, joined a brotherhood that day you know we are now members of the club of the people that have played the old course and that's kind of you know there are harder courses there are prettier courses um but yeah that for me just being able we'll always have that experience um and we'll always have good memories we weren't so tired that we can't remember what happened there that day um that's something i will always enjoy any other lasting thoughts uh, on the old course, on the day at the old course? I love the setup. You know, it doesn't really have a clubhouse. It's got that little starter shack and a little cabin there with uh, with concessions, not like the the clubhouse down the street down there by Jubilee and New and, and all the other Lynx Trust courses. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting um, observationally. The putting green, that, that's a nice little congregation place, the practice green right off one tee, it's kind of a nice holding pin to – you can watch people, you know, bounce the ball between their legs or hit one out of bounds on one and, and get your nerves up. But it's a nice little setup there. It's not necessarily a natural amphitheater, but with that street behind it, it kind of is. Um, so any any thoughts from you guys, uh, parting shots for the old course?
1: It, it's um, it, it's tough to put it into words. Um, I think that, you know, it's easy for the three of us to kind of talk about it. Um, because uh, because you know our memory is still fresh enough that we can go back and there's there's something to it that you have to see it to know it right. Um, it's
0: uh, which is one of the most cliche things that I hate. You know you'll see, I'll see that on Twitter all the time. Like if you know you know. Well well, well thanks asshole. I, I don't need that condescension. But but you're absolutely right. The old course is. Yeah, exactly. The old course really is that experience is hard to describe. Um, yeah,
1: I mean it, it's it, you come back and um, you know, your friends know that you were going there and you know they ask you, oh man, what was it like? And I'm like, it, it was great. You know, I mean that's about. I mean that's that's what I I told some of them. I was like, it was awesome. Well, what do you think? I'm like, it, it was it was great. It's it's hard to go through and explain to say um you know, just how wide, you know, that first fairway is, but yet how nervous you still are, right? I mean everyone understands that you get nervous and but the three of you the two of you know exactly how wide that fairway was. And it still didn't feel quite wide enough, right? Um, that's right. hard to explain. Um, and and Dave, uh, eighteen, you know, as wide as as wide as one fairway is, eighteen uh, fairway is just as wide. Um, Literally, exactly as wide. Exactly yeah. the, as wide. Um, and it's not quite wide enough, is it? It's you know? Not. <laughs> it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to explain. Um, but it's it's. It's I, awesome. think the,
0: I think the old course is unique in that respect because I can tell yeah. people what's cool about Carnoustie. I can tell, I can describe the the ground at Ely to people and that wind. You know, I can tell that story. The old course, yeah, it's just oh, it a, I shot 68. What do you, you know? Uh, I didn't. I'm just saying I could make up a good story, but that's yeah, the old course. It's it's too hard to describe. Matthew. Any other thoughts? I mean,
2: because of what you're saying, what I would tell anybody that's going to play it, you know, it is incredibly hard to do, but try to take a half a second once in a while and look around. Uh, it goes by really fast. And, you know, you're and especially I, I was fortunate enough. I shot, you know, I shot 85, my best score while I was over there. Um, you know, and and I played it pretty consistently through, so I was, I was at point still, like you said, still trying to make a number, uh, in some of those spots, but I did once in a while kind of step back and look around. Obviously one in 18 and 17 makes it easier to do that. Um, but there were, there were a handful of times where, where I was fortunate enough to just kind of stop what I was doing and just look around and, and kind of be a tourist for a half a second. Um, and so that would be my recommendation is it's hard to do because you're in the middle of it, but, you know, if you, if you get the chance, try to just soak up the little things as much as you can, because you'll have the stories I mean, with, with that course, you'll be in some bunker you can't play forward out of you'll, you know, you'll be on, uh, you know, the the road or, or the hotel or God knows what else. You know, I, I drove, what was it, nine green, I think, uh-huh. um, which is a par four. You know, you'll have – the old course will give you the opportunity to have some of those golf stories. So, you know, what you what you really need to do is try to find a way to incorporate the other stuff. And with, with that said, it's incredibly hard to do and very difficult to explain.
0: It is. And I'll, I'll, one last – thing i'll point out for listeners is the make sure you look backwards every once in a while you know you're trying to keep pace and i i bothered these guys about it and they did it once i think and then forgot about it but the the ground contours the rolls the the bunkers the way they're 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 tall-faced bunkers if you're playing the correct direction but if you were playing reverse which they do once a year at the old course they're completely hidden You know, they would just literally be laying in wait for one, your ball, or two, your step, if you don't know where you're walking. Um, It's just really cool to see kind of how the ground moves and the way, you know, the sun, the wind hit it perfectly the, the old course is one of the few in the world that's perfectly playable in both directions that's the way it actually was laid out originally uh, and that tradition has just gone by the wayside but that's something really cool that I enjoyed I snapped a lot of pictures uh, as hard as that place is to photograph because of the lack of contrast and texture those were some of the best pictures just looking backwards seeing the sun dance on the fairway we just walked through so gentlemen as always thank you for the memories thank you for the recollections And we will do this one more time. We've got one more to go.
1: Well, it sounds great. Yep. It's always a pleasure to talk about it.
0: As I alluded to during the discussion, after the inward turn back towards the clubhouse, starting on the 12th tee, I was hit simultaneously with feelings of excitement of what remained ahead on those last seven holes and a bit of melancholy, as the turn for home was every bit as metaphorical as it was literal. I had been planning, and hoping, and worrying, and dreaming about this trip, and this round specifically, at the old course, for more than a year. And now it was winding down, the end imminent. To its credit, the old course does not disappoint on the inward holes. It's not as cliché a sequence as the ubiquitous quote-unquote Crescendo used to describe so many courses on the back nine, but there are so many fun challenges and, in my opinion, superior green complexes within those last several holes that it's a fitting way to conclude both a round of golf proper and a golf trip. It ended up being our penultimate round of golf as we were able to get on leaving links the following day, which is worthy of full discussion in its own right. But at the end of the round at the old course, there was a sense of satisfaction, of finality, of accomplishment. Fred and Matt and I were now members of the Brotherhood of the Bogey. That we can honestly answer the membership challenge of, well, have you played the old course? Yes. Yes, we have. And we'd like to do it again. Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I hope you liked what you heard here. that you'll subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast feed service of choice, if you haven't already. Maybe share an episode with your friends. Retweet the show link on Twitter or Facebook. If you're feeling spicy, leave a rating for the show on iTunes. That way you'll have written proof that you can say, hey, I knew about them back when. If you didn't like what you heard here, sorry about that. I can't do anything about it now but I will try to do better the next time. And I hope you will join me again next time here on the Blind Shots podcast. Most importantly, I hope you're out there being safe and smart and keeping sane. We will get through this, and someday this war on the virus will end. It has to. Until then, when you're playing golf, do decide to go for it and take dead aim.
2: To disappoint him, yeah. absolutely.